Life's a Mitch. G'day guys, welcome back. It's episode 29 of Life's a Mitch. Oh, we're getting through these just like a, a hot curry, straight through me. So this week, we, um, we've got an interesting uh, a treat for you. So back in episode 2, you got to meet one best friend. This week, you're going to meet the other best friend. This guy is a bit younger, he's been inspiring to me, and he's an all-around good lad. So I'll get you to introduce yourself, friend, and uh, tell us why you want to pop on the Mitchie podcast today, please. Hey, Mitty, yeah, it's Bossy here, or Alex, as most people know me. Um, hey, Bossy. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I just want to jump on, you know, talk about some shit, and yeah, see how it goes for you. Yeah, nice, mate. Okay, so a bit of backstory. Alex's and my story go back literally before the generation before us. So his dad and my dad grew up together in a little country town place called Orange. It's cold, it's dry, and it's an absolute shithole. No, Orange is pretty nice. Um, so Alex hails from that way as well. And uh, Alex's parents at the time of my birth, you know, the, the second coming of Mitch. See, as, it's, as it goes to show, uh, Alex and I go back a long way. And uh, he's actually inspired me. He's been through a fair bit during his time. And for some reason, he uh, puts up with me and... The lucky gentleman is uh, getting married soon to the love of his life. Humble brag, they met through me. And uh, so tell us tell us a bit about yourself, Bossy. What do you do? Um, you know, to, to the lovely listeners out there, why are you awesome? Yeah, well, at the moment working as a nurse. You know, I used to be a fitter when I was younger. Um, really enjoying nursing at the minute, so probably stick with it for a good while. Yeah, so you actually... So the, the unique thing about Alex is that he was a, he went through a full trade... And then he thought, well, bugger it. I've, uh, I want to try a different tact here. So he went to uni, got himself educated for three years, and he's gone down a completely different career path. Now he's in medicine. So what what got you into nursing? Now, what made you decide to go fitting and turning isn't for me? Yeah, I was a fitter for probably oh, about six years or so, but I'd already had a couple of redundancies through that while I was an apprentice. Uh, and then again, as a fitter, I thought, even when I was like an apprentice in my, my third year, I was like, you know what, this isn't for me, but I'll stick with it, you know, I've only got a year or so to go, might as well just finish her off. That's, um, what, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, like literally had to go to a career counsellor because I was like, oh, I don't know what, you know, what I should do. Um, so as I went through year 12, I didn't get an ATAR, so yeah, long story short, pretty much put me in the direction of um, uni. I uh, did um, Open Foundation to try and get into something. And then, yeah, kind of just landed in nursing, spoke to some family friends and whatnot uh, that are nurses and, yeah, just had a chat about it. Thought, oh, you know what, let's give it a go, see what happens. And, yeah, here we are. Yeah, so you literally just went to your peers and go, you know what, feeding sucks. I need to find something else I can do. And they're like, well, why don't, you know, you don't mind helping people. Why don't you try and, you know, spend your three years at uni, get a hex debt and try and save lives? Yeah, well, pretty much, but yeah, the hex set's slowly coming down, but I suppose when I was a fitter, you know, I didn't mind it while I was doing it, but yeah, there's a few times I uh, got myself into a bit of trouble. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so how our story works is that his, Alex's father, Paul, my father, Mark, um, grew up as friends together in Orange, and in turn, you know, I've been mates for years and stuff, and... Uh, Alex's parents, as I said at the time of my birth, were actually my godparents. So, my mum and dad had a good relation with Alex's parent relationship with Alex's parents, and they got along like a house on fire. But obviously, years later, my parents split, and uh, you know, dad and Paul have been friends for a long time, and it's unfortunate. Um, a few years ago, it seems to be close to ten years ago, um, 
Alex's Alex's mum uh, tragically uh, passed away. Um, you want to talk a bit, a bit about that? Like the kind of person she was. She was life of the party. Had a a, loud, a, a laugh. Sorry, she had a loud laugh, and it was so infectious, so caring. Um, I just remember good things about Tracy. She was an absolute champion of a person. But what was she? You know, from your perspective, like what was she really like? You know, um, you know, everyone has their own mum. Everyone can probably relate, but yeah, just a very sort of warm person. Everybody's um, definitely related to their own mums, that's for sure. You're definitely in Curry. Fatshaw Studios live, recording live. Yeah, but you know, everyone loves their mum. But um, yeah, it was it was a pretty big shock, like at the time when it all happened. Um, Do you want to delve into what happened, or yeah, yeah, we can go into that. That's fine. Okay, so tell us the story. Like you come home and you you noticed something about your mum, didn't you? Yeah. So well. The night before, I think it was on like a Sunday, the day of, and uh, recently I bought a new bed. So where mum and dad used to not sleep in the same room because dad went to, uh, you know, got up really early for work and whatnot and mum, you know, want to watch TV or whatever. Yeah. So she'd sat normally out in the lounge room. Anyhow, she was in, uh, in my room downstairs and we'd recently had uh, pest control come through. There's still sort of some of that the bug sort bomb, of floating around the air. Bug bomb sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, mum had a few, I wouldn't say conditions, but a few medical things going on, like, you know, like asthma and rheumatoid arthritis, that sort of thing. So, yeah, slowing the breathing down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, emphysema, like heavy smoker and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I come home like one morning after a night out. I remember I was, had a bottle of Soka and I was putting it back into my wardrobe. And as I walked in, mum woke up and, you know, we chatted about whatever and she went back to sleep. Anyway, I, I, went, I went upstairs to have some breakfast and I was just sitting there in the kitchen, I don't know, watching something on a laptop or something. And I heard a loud noise, kind of like a thud, but didn't really think much of it. And then I sort of heard it again. So I went, I could hear it was coming from downstairs. So I went down there and just, you know, check out what was going on. And as I, um, as I came into the room, I could see mum was quite, quite, like quite frantic, probably like short of breath and stuff at the time. Kind of like gasping. A little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Like gasping for air pretty much. Yeah. And she pretty much just said, you know, call an ambulance. And I was just like, oh, shit, you know, kind of thinking, like, what's going on? Oh, I bet your heart was beating a mile a minute. Oh, absolutely, yeah, like... Fucking hell. It was, yeah, it was pretty hectic at the time. So anyway, I ran upstairs and on the cordless, you know, called the ambo, came back downstairs. And as I'm talking to the operator, they said, oh, you know, I was trying to explain what's going on, you know, quite short of breath and, you know, she was quite anxious and whatnot. And they said to me, is she sweating? And I said, no. Not that I, you know, not, not what I could see. And as I'm sort of talking to them and watching so what's going on with mum, she started getting more and more short of breath. And I do remember when she was laying in my bed, I was kind of hovering over her as I was talking to the operator and I could see her take her, like her last breath. So her colour in her face went from like a, like a normal sort of pinky colour to white to blue. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, How old were you at the time? 18, like. 18, nearly 19, like pretty you're, young. You're a fucking kid, man. Yeah. 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 So, and like, as I was talking, the operator kind of just described what happened. And then she kind of, I guess, had a respiratory arrest. Now I look back at it. Yeah. And, now I um, you know now, yeah. So I kind of, you know, in my head was just like, fuck, I could do CPR in like a second. And somehow, like, um, I was able to like pick her up from my bed somehow and put her on the ground. And as I did that, pretty much where she was laying, there was a massive head to toe of like sweat sort of image on the bed 
And um, yeah, as a, the operator was just like, you know, start CPR and tell me what to do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So like doing that for a little while, I'm not sure how long. And then, you know, not long after that, the Ambos came in and took over. And yeah, I was just in shock, really. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. It was, um, it was pretty full on and, you know, calling Hannah and dad and, you know, my other sister as well. And yeah, everyone, everyone from everywhere, family wise, you know, was up there within the day, pretty much. And so from based on what you told me in the past, they actually brought her back from that. Um, or she, or she, they actually got into a state where she was then carted to hospital. Is that right? And they, yeah, yeah. Was she? So did she actually? Was she actually brought back, or she was just just faint? Um, yeah, it's a little bit blurry. Like from what I remember, by the time everyone got to Newcastle, you know, Dad was working, had to come back early or whatever. And by the time we got to the hospital, I don't ever remember her being awake as such. It was like she was kind of in a kind of like in a coma like she we never really spoke to her ever again so that was pretty brutal yeah that's i'm very um, sorry to hear that man i yeah. didn't know that and then from there on in like with within about three days she was in icu um and you know back then i didn't have any medical you know education or anything so i didn't really know what was going on all, all i can kind of remember as it was kind of getting closer to the time of you know pulling life support um she was having um, like a, a bit of blood and stuff was coming out of her nose, which uh, kind of means like she was probably bleeding from the brain. So yeah, not a not a good outcome. No, definitely. I didn't know that. I'm getting chills. Um, one, that's fucking brave of you to tell that story, man. I didn't know. It was, it's it's one of those things you, you you're never comfortable truly asking that to yeah. a friend. Um, it was similar for Brooksy when he was explaining about his young daughter Maya. Uh, when she passed, you know, and he delved into like the, that's back in episode two, if anyone wants to have a listen and uh, showing bravery beyond your years, man, like that, to come on here and tell that, because I know you were a little bit uh, anxious to come on, which I get, you know, this isn't usually your jam. I mean, I'm used to talking about myself through my asshole, so for me, it's fine. But like, yeah, I, to, to tell that, to get that off your chest, um, you know, it must have been, how do you feel like after telling that now? Yeah, I like I've told it you know numerous times before to friends and family, but yeah, kind of, I guess kind of going right into detail, like oh, just got like a frog in my throat. It's pretty. It's to be expected, man. Like good on you. I commend you for showing the bravery. And um, do you think, based on that, do you think that's maybe another reason why you, you consider the career change into medicine, or just happened to work out fortuitously like that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a coincidence. Like a lot of people have asked me that before, and. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I do sort of still get that. Um, even just at work, you know, I work in sort of different places within a hospital, but you still get that sort of fulfillment feeling of like you know helping people and whatnot. Yeah. So I guess that that's a big difference between that and fitting. You know, they're both kind of dirty jobs. One's dealing with grease and whatnot, and the other one's what? every fluid you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Keep it classy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of uh, some of the wards I've worked on that you know people pooing blood and whatnot, and sometimes yeah it gets baked on a bedpan. You got to scrub it off. It's you know it's well, pretty pretty horrid. All the all the medical people that I know in my life have had so, sort of half adopted a like a you have to cope with it. So to have this abstract sort of ability to make jokes a light for shit like that, it's probably mm. a coping tool. 
If it, I would imagine that there's a lot of people around you that are like that. Just like you just go, oh, buddy, you can't say that sort of style. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, it depends who you are. Like nurses have got a pretty wicked sense of humor. You know, we can talk about whatever over, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever. But if you're around people that aren't in that field, you know, it can make people queasy. Whereas uh, I don't know, absolutely. we've got pretty cast iron stomachs really about that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, you'd have to. I, me personally, like, I don't get the squirmies because, like, you heard the toilet brush story, and like, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll rehash that again. So, what the toilet brush story was, I was cleaning my toilet after I did a massive number two, and then I, as I was using the toilet brush to clean the bowl, I've done a sneeze and it blew a hole through the wall. <laughs> and then I've had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, absolute sneeze devastation. And then I had to, the the brush head snapped off, to float to the bottom of the bowl. Then I had to go up the roadie to the hardware store, get a new toilet brush. So that sneeze cost me nineteen dollars. It's bullshit. I had to like fish. I had to fish the old brush out with the new brush. It was weird. But you know, in saying that, now you were telling me before that you had a bit of a funny story about your fitting days. Yeah. Second year apprentice. Oh. What was it? So I was working somewhere. I'd moved like around a few different places while I was an apprentice. You know, got made redundant when I was the fourth year. And then just throughout it, you know, things chopped and changed because the industry wasn't crash hot. But yeah, I remember I was at this one company and oh, what they were doing, they were um, they were servicing a scissor lift and they had it sky high in this big tin shed. Anyway, they had this big overhead crane, uh, you know, that was still operating and I was coming down to, I don't know, take some material off a bandsaw. And as I was sort of hooking down with this crane, one of the fitters stopped me and, you know, I couldn't really hear him. There's people grinding and whatnot. And uh, he pointed up. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the scissor lifts up. Yep, no worries. But what he was talking about is like the crane, you know, don't bring it down here pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, there's a bit of a sort of technique when you're using overhead crane, you can kind of hammer it and then stop it and like it'll stop right where you want it to. Anyway, as I'm going down, I had it hammering along and boom, it just hits this scissor lift it's, I don't know, 10 or so metres in the air. Somebody in it? No, no one in it. People just servicing it down beneath and I just shit myself. And all you could hear is like a beep, beep, boop. Like it was just starting to tip over. Oh no. So, and the control thing's like on this pendulum thing and I just let go of it and shit myself. Anyway, they ended up, you know, unhooking it and there was no damage or anything. But yeah, that was the first uh, written warning I got. And I think I had two written warnings in two days. I'm like, fuck, I need to get out of here. This is this is not a good place for me. <laughs> Fucking apprentices. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to the apprentice, eh? And then you get a written warning for it. No. You know, if in doubt, you know, they always say don't don't walk under a ladder. Don't walk under, you know, don't crack mirrors. It's bad luck. Don't let, don't let Alex near a fucking crane. <laughs> <laughs> don't, let, don't let me near anything that's fitting related. <laughs> Still got me tools, you know. Yeah. Don't use them very often. Yeah, you might find him on, uh, you know, dodgytradies.com.au. <laughs> <Some, laughs> my name's at the top of the board. Yeah. Hashtag shit dick. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about something that I believe is I had something to do with saying a humble brag. So there we go. In my life, you know, I'm Mitch. I'm like Hitch with the M I'm Mitch matchmaking champion all around fun guy and successfully single for most of my life I am a fucking loser anyways the love of his life uh, they met together they met at a, my birthday a few years ago so the lovely Sarah and Alex met 
at my, I think it was my 25th or 6th birthday, we were at uh, one of the leagues clubs in town. Um, so the first year, we were just having beers and I was dancing up an absolute storm like a champion. As you always do. And oof, Cutting shapes. Cutting, mate, I was that, <laughs> if I was that cut, just call me the butcher because I'm just cutting it down. But um, that was terrible. <laughs> every time. Every time. But So tell us from that time up to now, tell us about this because this story is like, it's pretty damn cool. Like, get your, get your tears ready, guys, because it's absolutely tears of joy. Oh, here we go. Um, so I first met Sarah, uh, it was actually the year before, it might have been for your 25th birthday. Yep. And, you know, uh, I saw her, she was kind of just by herself, I was probably pretty fly-blown, as per usual. <laughs> so fly-blown for all of our international listeners means drunk out of your tits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Sarah was sort of just sitting there like, I don't know, by herself or whatever, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just go make, make some conversation. And yeah, anyway, we chatted away and that, that was all fine, but at the time, you know, I was also taken, so... Yep. So yeah, yep. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. what you're talking about. No, no sparks gonna fly there. So anyway, the following year comes around, things have changed a little bit. We also <laughs> call that other one the human hair break. Yeah, absolutely. Just holding you back. Yeah, she was a bit of a show bag, but you know, <laughs> she is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, next year comes around, happen to be single, and I thought, oh yeah, well, you know, I wonder if Sarah's coming along. And he's like, oh yeah. She'll be there. I'm like, all right, yeah, see what happens. And, uh, yeah. So you, you kind of thought the first time about it, you're like, yeah, no, you know, even though I'm going to take him in, I'd never do anything wrong, but this chick, she's she's pretty she's pretty cute, you she's, thought. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty cool. And, like, I've been talking to her about it as well, and she was saying, you know, I was, was going to add you on Facebook, but, you know, I knew what your, your ex was like, so I didn't bloody go there. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Watch me now, she be cray-cray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun, good luck to her. Anyway, um, yeah, like we're at this place on Beaumont Street, I think it was, and it was sort of getting toward the end of the night. And it was the exchange. The exchange, exchange that's what it was. Oof, I think I was cougar hunting. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> and yeah, getting towards the end of the night and Sarah's about to head off and I was like, oh, you know what, you know, things are going pretty good. We'll see, see, what, see sort of what happens. And um, it got to a point where, because Mitty was living sort of out of town as well. And he was going to catch a, a lift home with us as, at, at, like yeah, at the same time. A, yeah, for, for, it hasn't come up in the show yet, but one of my nicknames is Midi, as in like a Midi of beer. Um, don't know where oh, it's true. Yeah. Don't know where it's sparked from, but yeah. So my nickname is Midi. So just to give you some context. Yeah. So cab ride. Yeah. Well, yeah, cab ride. But Sarah's driving, and Midi goes, "Oh, no, you know what? I'll, I'll let you go with Sarah. You know, um, you know, try, try and remember this one." I was just like, "Yeah, right, mate." Whatever you mean. I could just, I could see like you guys just chatted all night. You just sort of stuck to yourselves and chatting. You could see um, that it was like, it was in depth. I'm like, oh, what have we got here? <laughs> you got, um, there's even some of my friends commented going, are they together? I never really? told you this. Yeah, no. I think it was, oh, it might have been Brody or, um, I don't know, but yeah, they sort of seemed complimentary as to like you guys were just seamlessly just chatting and having a fun time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I, I, I just remember after I cutting shapes like an absolute demon, um, I think I did my knee or something. And I looked out, <laughs> went, right. went to the bar, and I noticed you two just chatting on the lounge or whatever it was. I'm like, oh, cool. I had a pretty good feeling about myself that night. So Yeah, I bet you did. I said, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're getting pretty close to home. Sarah's literally about to drop me off, and I was like, it was, you know, it's probably 2 a.m. or something like that. Oh, do you want to go, you know, go into the beach and just have a chat? 
And pretty much from there, like we chatted till dawn. It was probably five. 36 a.m. maybe and then she dropped me off and you know me being a dickhead didn't get a number and my phone was dead so that was fun so I had to like mess awkwardly message her on Facebook and be like uh, can I have your number bloody dicky oh. it, it, it bloody well worked obviously worked yeah so like so I'm going to use the uh, the metaphor so the, a new day dawned a new relationship spawned put it together and uh you're a dickhead. <laughs> I was like, I've got nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you tried. I know that was. I was. I was gonna go with like hell, having that like a woman scorned. But I'm like, well, I'm, you know, still slightly battling a hangover, so we're, we're gonna move on. <laughs> but like, yeah. So you know, in that time, what was that? Six or seven years ago. Yeah, six and a bit years ago. So it's cool, and um, and they've gone on to getting married next year they yeah. bought themselves a house uh, yeah. in the last 18 months I believe it was uh, was it yeah was it 18 months ago oh yeah they're about like December last year no not last year year before and uh, Sarah's always been into her fitness she's um, she's incredible incredibly talented athlete shout outs to you Sarah you're a champion she, she loves a football soccer she uh, she likes um, all sort of sports with futsal and stuff as well mm. and uh, she's really is one of the sweetest people you will ever meet and um, so when did you know like you know what tell us about the engagement because you you actually uh, asked me to help you in the sense that like so this is the ring I'm thinking and this is how I'm going to go about sort of like doing the proposal yeah so like it was a lot of months actually in the making which is you know, I'm, I'm not a very creative person, so I, I thought I need to put a fair bit of thought into this and, you know, try and hit, hit the nail on the head. And, you know, I had a few ideas with rings and whatnot, and that was all fine, but it was more so how I was going to propose. Yeah. So... I remember we, we'd brainstormed some ideas, and like, well, if I take her away out west... So, so, you know, your family's from a place called Orange, which is central western New South Wales, about four hours inland from where we are. Yeah. And uh, I think we come across something along the lines of, why don't you go out and see some family mm. and then stay somewhere really nice on the way back to sort of celebrate or something. I forget what, but what did you end up going with? So, uh, the night before, we went in, like my older sister's house, sat down in Manly and just stayed for a night. And I'd planned to go to this like secluded location, I guess. It was kind of like a resort sort of thing. Um, out in Rydell it's kind of like just out of Lithgow so on your way to Orange and I told Sarah that um, we are going to Orange and like that's all she had in her brain and then sort of as we are getting closer I think she may have you know clicked on that we're not maybe going to theirs and there was lots of signs and I was trying to like keep her eyes away from like where it was saying to go they're like can't wait to meet you blah blah all on the signs yeah. Anyway, I take her to this place and I'd planned um, to film it like on my phone as well as how like how I proposed was through like a puzzle. So, you know, during peak COVID, couldn't really do much. We started doing jigsaw puzzles, that sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I know Sarah's kind of creative like that, like all that it's sort bit, of stuff. It's actually, some of the um, puzzles I've seen you guys do for each other, it's, it's quite like, uh, it's sweet in a way quite unique and like you're like okay so Sarah's like a, the, the lord of all like all things games and puzzles and whatnot yeah, so you're yeah. like how Love can I how can I come up with a way that's going to be like at her level and I think you did well to be honest yeah so like it ended up being a, just got like this uh, personalised jigsaw puzzle 
um, just from photos, I guess, throughout our relationship. Um, and I put numbers uh, within the puzzle that basically related to the alphabet that, you know, she'd have to spell out. Um, and at the time, you know, it said it was a 60 piece puzzle or something said it would take about half an hour. She did it in like 10 minutes. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, how am I going to get some more time with this? But so, so I remember you telling me about this. You're like, number one, it was just like, it all started here and it's a photo of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Humble brag. <laughs> nah, sorry. Nah, it's all good. Um, oh, there was a little blurb in there. I can't really remember, but it had a few puns relating to the photos and then yes there is also you know as punny as me if not better she yeah. uh, she's quite a worthy adversary <laughs> absolutely young apprentice yeah oh, she's she skilled me many times i must admit she's i'm looking at it going damn it she's bloody got me here there, there was a, like a, a pretty funny time while we were filming while she was doing it um it was probably midway through and she had to yeah, run to the toilet and do a shit so that, <laughs> that was pretty funny and it's all called on video, so which makes it even funnier. <laughs> She's gonna hate you for saying that. <laughs> oh, okay, so sorry. Yeah, so I got a. It was about a twelve-minute WhatsApp video you sent me. Yeah, yeah, it took a while. <laughs> so yeah, you go on. Okay, so you, you you're at the point. She's figured out. She's hold that thought. The next thing, she's gone to the toilet. I bet your heart was beating a mile a minute. Well, what what it like while she was sort of going to the toilet. When she had to figure out like what the code meant or whatever, I didn't put a pen or a pencil in the little kit thing it came with. So I had to run to the car. And as I come back, she's like, oh, I need to go to the toilet. I'm like, oh, righto. Um, so yeah, there was a bit of sort of interlude time while we are waiting. And eventually comes back and yeah. Did she know? Did she, know? Um, she, as we spoke about it, she, she had a funny feeling something was coming on. And like earlier that day, we'd had high tea and stuff. At Katoomba, so that was probably what was playing up with the guards. Yeah. And yeah, I think she had maybe a bit of a hunch. Yeah. So that probably added to the maybe you know, the nervous a, poo. Or I was going to say maybe it was a nervous poo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to be ready for this big moment. <laughs> yeah. Someone just need to uh, yeah. just flush out the system and we're good to go. Yeah. So you know, it's always funny playing it back to family and stuff. They find it pretty funny. But <laughs> it's just like you just made me squeal like a girl. So anyway, so we've got this awesome moment. So she had to go and shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> mid mid moment <laughs> heading up to the climax and has to drop a load <laughs> that sounds dirtier than you met it <laughs> yeah. oh uh, if it's one thing I know it's you're a bloody wordsmith mate <laughs> so like there she was she had to dump nah so and then obviously the news happened um, got engaged uh, sent the messages around yeah. who were the first people you, you told was it Sarah's uh, parents was it your parents yeah what? I think it was like yeah Sarah's parents probably my sisters and stuff yeah. Then we, we kind of keep it, like, kept it closed loop. I think you knew and kind of just close friends and not to tell anyone, really. Yeah, We kind of just enjoyed it for, like, about a week or so. I was, I was just coming out of a, a costume shop. I had to buy a, an outfit for a party. And um, I was just like, hey, we've got some news for you. I'm like, ooh, what's the scoop? I don't know what it could be. And you sent it through. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, I want the video, I want the video. So, yeah, sent that through. Uh, I just... Okay, one, that's an awesome moment. So, so Bossy has such an ability to just make it like, just bring it back down to earth, the Bogan style. Yeah, so we got engaged. She had a massive dump, but woohoo! <laughs> yeah, and, and for your wedding present, you were getting the monster of all toilet brushes, I'll tell you. 
Yeah, good. We probably need it. <laughs> so the big dates next year, um, 2021, October. Uh, yeah, I'll be 2022, so October. Oh, sorry, next 2022. Year. Sorry. It's all good. But so, yeah, got an engagement party. Just sort of slowly planning that now, sort of later in the... It's actually in October as well, funnily enough. But, yeah, just planning that and then the wedding on top of that as well, so... Stress levels high? Oh, yeah, a little bit, you know. We'll, we'll get to it. Should be right. But, you know, most of the major things are done for the wedding, like, you know, entertainment and whatnot, but we'll look at dresses and suits well, and that sort of stuff a little bit later on, you know. We're still so 15 months out. You were going to look great in your dress. <laughs> Yeah, got one picked out. Cheers. Oof. Just bring out the green colour. It really matches his eyes, makes his eyes pop. Makes <laughs> eyes pop, yeah, good. So, okay, that's cool, man. So, and for your entertainment, you just, I'm going to be there, so you're all set. Oh, done. I mean, done, dusted. Six schooners in uh, Mitchie Eddie's finest is uh, is enough to make anyone laugh, let me tell you. Maybe rapping on the mic. Oh, boom, boom, Mitchie's here in the house, yo. That's pretty much all i got for now, bro. So, that's exciting. So... What, how, what, so what else is on for the rest of you this year? What, what have you got planned? you got anything exciting coming up? Uh, at the minute, you know, we're still sort of... When we first got the house, that sort of thing, we're doing pretty much did renovations from the get-go. Yeah. So a lot of that, I guess, heaviness is out of the way, but we're still sort of buying things here and there. So how have the renos gone for you? It's like, what, you teach yourself a fair bit along the way? And says uh, parents were instrumental in helping out, weren't they as well? Yeah, well, says dad, very handy. Um, Shout out to Donna and Pete, legends. Yeah, like literally day one or day two that we moved in, you know, it was just before Christmas and there was a few things that need like sort of doing around the place. So we, you know, ripped up all the carpet everywhere, painted the whole interior and we thought, we didn't, in my head, I didn't, I didn't think it would take that long, but it took probably a solid two months pretty much all the time. We could get all the weekends. Every spare minute you had was Pretty just, much, yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, it just took a long time. I it's guess. come up. It looks great. Like you can, you can barely recognise it. And that TV, whoa. Yeah, well, it adds a bit of pop to the room, doesn't it? Oof. Man, it's a, it's a, it's a wall Megamax cinema. It's great. <laughs> it's yeah. um, no, it's, it's, it's. So over time, I've always put you as like the younger brother character. I can't say little brother because you, you tower over me. But like to see you, like this journey that you've. So actually, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. So when we were kids. My dad and mum would take us out to the boss's place in Orange and we just, you know, as kids do, play, they would drink and have a good time and we just like amongst ourselves, as myself, my brother, then eventually when dad met my stepmom, step-siblings come out and we, and we interact with the, the boss kids and we go there every New Year's. So everyone would go out to Clifton Grove and uh, New, Year's, New Year's bashes and remember we'd be in the back of the truck while everyone was hammered. That's and dri- right. Driving. We used to go to the farm as well. We had um, friends that had a, a farm and, a, you know, motorbikes and horses and jet skis and all that sort of stuff. It was pretty awesome. It was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. And the few times we went out there, you know, you and I have always got along well because we always played Nintendo 64 and even yeah. to this day, like... Still do. Yeah, we, we, so, <laughs> you know, uh, Alex and Sarah, um, they're like Super Smash Brothers and the old uh, Gold Nine and stuff like that. And um, it's always good fun to sort of... Sam plays Kirby, I'm Captain Falcon, and you're whoever, Donkey Kong, I think. Yeah, yeah, I just chop and change. I can't win with anyone, really. <laughs> it's, good. it's good, though. It's good. Um, quite nostalgic, yeah. Nostal- I think nostalgia, like storytelling, it's like it's escapism. So you're, you're able to sort of go back and have a laugh. And we always giggle. Always. Um, even when I beat you all the time. And, uh, you know, we, um, <laughs> we we just have a good time. But um, it's cool. So, so 
tangent off again, man. I'm I should I should work it as a math teacher because geometry patterns and shapes going everywhere. But like cut and sick, cut and sick. Yes, and we're back. I'm Mitch <laughs> Kelly. So we um we uh to see you grow over this time. Um, you know, you're always that easy going, chill out kid who just like, yep, cool, let's do this, let's do that. And for a time, we lost touch because of like I was here and you were out there, and we only caught up when we could. And then eventually, you moved, you and your family moved to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And um, it was only actually after uh, the funeral, um, which, yeah. which is sad that we sort of started like, hanging out again. Which, you know, I for that lost time, I wish I could get it back. I'm sorry, but. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it was probably only a period of like, you know, six or seven years, but it was kind of when I was sort of, when I was about maybe 11 up, to, and I think we, you know, caught up again when I was about 19 or something like that. Yeah, so we, um, I was out on the beers with, I don't know if it was my brother or a friend. Might have been a work do even, I can't really remember. Okay. And Anyway, so um, I just, we're at West, West Lakes Club and I just see, oh, here's this, oi Mitch, I'm like, turn around. What the hell are you doing here? I'm on, so you, I, I distinctly, distinctly, distinctively remember you're absolutely shit faced. You oh, had I don't know how many beers, but a thousand, like, yeah, <laughs> one thousand and two. But yeah, like literally from there on in, probably for like, oh geez, I don't know, maybe six months straight. It felt like maybe maybe not that, but it's probably it like two pretty, weeks. <laughs> probably, probably, but it was like most weekends for a good while. We were just out sinking piss at Wes. Just like a and pair of old slap. Just like a pair of fucking degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> sinking beers, uh, on the punt, um, just having a good time and uh, you were dating your ex at the time and there was a few times there where you got yourself into a bit of a bit of trouble uh, from her because you yeah. were like well, yeah you, you had a weekend off you're like oh yeah I could take my laddie out for a friend and you're like nope beers with Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every weekend sounds good. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of, and you know, probably with the whole mum thing sort of happening in the, in the background as well, it probably added to the because that was still fresh. That was sort of that was still vibe. like within like a year of it happening, I think. Or yeah, less. like now that I sort of look back at it, maybe I drank a little bit too much, but you know, like to have a good time. So oh goodness, if, if you right. if you're thinking you might have drank a little bit too much, then <laughs> oh wow, I definitely drank too much. But, like, at the time, it was fun because I'm glad it happened because we become, like, really good friends. And we, not long after, went over to New Zealand together on a snowboarding trip. And um, we had a great time. Uh, snowboarding by day, beers by night, and all around, it was a, it was all right. So, we, I'm rhyming today. Go me. And um, we um, just had a good time. And it wasn't long after, I think, that you broke up with your ex at the time I was dating a girl too yeah, I didn't last for that long but um, I just remember we were both dating with like girl issues what do we do <laughs> <laughs> have another beer sounds good oh. uh, yeah you know it seems like a long time ago but I suppose it is like six or seven years ago but um, yeah I do remember at the time I was sort of having a chat about it and it obviously led to the right direction now you know yeah well fast forward what seven or eight years later, you just got two bald fools. You yeah. you got more head on your melon than I do. I'm oh. I'm gone. Yeah, my next haircut is going to be a uh, you know a barber zero. So well, I've got I'm rocking the um, bald head beard look now. I look like um, Broden from um, oh, Auntie Donna, the Ranger beard, the bald head, 
and the good time and the funny guy. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty talented. So like, that's interesting. So it's been an interesting journey thus far. Oh. And, and, and as it worked out fortuitously, um, we are both rugby league tragics and the teams we happen to support happen to be rivals. The Crosstown rivals, you got the Mars Bar injecting degenerate St. George supporters and then you've got the mighty Cronulla Sutherland lords and ladies amongst society who are just... You know the best people. I think we're both contenders for the wooden spoon this year, mate. We're both yeah. in a pretty shit house. Well, you get a club who sack their coach, and then <laughs> just see, the board well. seems to be out of touch with the footing part of the club. And then you've got players not wanting to be there. Uh, you've got absolute. Uh, it's in disarray. Um, the term dumpster fire comes to mind. Might need a bit of an overhaul. I think I, I don't know why they got rid of Morris. To be honest. Um, I think he was pretty happy staying there. It's not like the Sharks are going bad, but yeah, things are sort of taking a bit of a turn at the moment. Yeah, well, you got a couple of big signings next year. You've got Cam McGuinness and you've got Reynolds signed for next year too. Um, and you, yeah, so we stole your captain. Um, yeah, cheers. Well, he's injured. He gives a shit and go. Yeah, <laughs> really. yeah, he did his ACL at the start of the year. <laughs> but what Hook seems to be doing at the, at the Dragons at the start of the year took people by surprise because he had him playing simplistic style footy, completing rates, and like... Uh, ben Hunt's kicking game has been on point and uh, that sort of worked for him but yeah as the year's gone on after about round five or six they've just like they're just injury tolls and they've got two wingers that are out on suspension at the moment that Ravalawa he's mate, a freight train what an absolute Baragwan battle tank I, I used to not rate him at all I thought he was dog shit but <laughs> you know Mary you know ex-coach or whatever stuck with him and I was like, mate, he's got hand, he's got hands like feet. He can't catch fucking anything. But uh, yeah, he's come a long way. He's actually playing really well. But yeah, just a lot of our backs are out at the minute. It just really sucks. And um, Norman's absolute shit house. I think <laughs> he's been, he shouldn't be there. But you know, he's whatever. not. He's not been playing too bad. His kicking game's been alright. Dufty, uh, actually, Lomax being out's going to be a big blow. True, true. Yeah, I'm going to have to replace him with Super Coach too, bugger. Yeah, but Dufty, mate, he's he's. A talented footballer. He, yeah, just I reckon he. Oh, I don't know if he'd be better at like five out or something because he does have a good cutout ball. But yeah, there's you know electric in defence, but uh, not defence, but he attack, but the opposite in defence. So, well, so yeah, I rate him. I, I do rate him. I do rate him quite. And Will Kennedy at the Sharks, he's new onto the scene. He's he's not a bad fullback as well. So going forward this year, it's not going to happen for more, I know for my club. You guys, I'm not sure. It's been. Yeah. Very inconsistent. Yeah. Um, you know, we won four in a row or something like that. And so we have in the years before, like known as the May Premiers and whatnot. But, yeah, if, if we can't beat the Bulldogs this week, you know, so oh, it's off. The, the Bulldogs beat us. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you're, and you're playing a game of, like, you got the high score and then your little brother comes and kicks the shit out of you. It's like, you just don't want it to happen. Yeah. But it's happened and it's like... It's inevitable. So... Doing a bit of like, uh, just getting to know and stuff. So what does Alex Boss like to do in his spare time? Tell us a bit about like your, your interests and stuff. So you're you're also a black belt too, aren't you? Mm. So when did that all start? Like, tell us about your hobbies and when did all the, the Taekwondo stuff start for you? Uh, we'll kind of start from the beginning. Like when I was a kid, it was literally, you know, my older sister was pretty, <laughs> pretty brutal. He used to, you know, love us, love, uh, you know, have a lick, at, have a lick at the soap, sort of thing, and then you know, rub wait, it, wait, rub it in the mouth. What? Have a lick of the soap? Yeah, that is not a metaphor I'm familiar with. I don't know. Like Hannah and I were pretty young, and 
Carly used to just think it was funny, so... <laughs> she made you physically lick soap. Lick soap, yep. And then she'd just, like, <laughs> reef it down. Like, we knew no better. So, wow, like, a little bit of a tangent. But from there, Dad was like, all right, let's see, you know, we'll, we'll try and get you trained in karate. So I was like, all right, yeah, give it a go. So anyway, I did it for, like, a while, probably seven till I was about 11. And then got to about Brown Belt or something like that. Moved up to Newcastle. And they didn't really have the karate that I was doing. So I had to sort of start again. Started in Taekwondo. Did that for a few years. Us three kids were sort of doing it. And then it either got too expensive or we just sort of lost interest a bit. Stopped for about 10 years. Started up again when I was about 20. Started actually from where I left off, which was nice. And then... Oh, yeah, 10 years later. Just to... <laughs> oh, by the way, I was still a whatever belt. The world's like, oldest oh, brand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, like kicked it off from there and... Probably the next sort of three years or so. Kind of just, you know, went up the ranks as you do. And yeah, like got my black belt, which was pretty cool. Just but, a um, cheeky black belt, you know, just trying to get out there. Yeah, yeah, like like pretty cool getting it. But it was, they, they didn't really have classes where it was, you know, you could have adults class. It was just mixed. So you're working with like little kids as well. So I wasn't really getting out what I wanted out of martial arts. Like even though, I'd, you know, got to what I thought was the highest level. I thought, you know, I might go back to karate and see if there's a bit of a difference. Because, you know, Taekwondo mostly is your legs. Like, you're just kicking all the time, whereas karate's more how I thought was half-half. And as I sort of delve back into it, um, I don't know which, you know, I, I can't really say which one's better, but I, I think I tend to enjoy karate more. And as I came back into it, again, had to start again. Um, but, you know, jumped through the hoops pretty quick and was you know, just under a black belt. And there was a few times I probably could have went for it, but just with uni and... Yeah, it got a bit... You know, nursing and stuff, it got a bit difficult. So I ended up just giving it up, you know. I just couldn't get there and, you know, I'd go one day a week and I should know all my stuff and I don't, you know. It ended up just being more disheartening than anything. Yeah, counterproductive. I remember yeah. one time just speaking about just the rugby league and um, karate. I remember we, um, we went down to watch the, the State of Origin and uh, it was with your ex's brother and his friends, I think it was. That's right, yeah. And um, we went down, and fair income, we put about a thousand beers away. And we were, we were sparring, mucking around, and I blocked every single one of yours. You're like, fucking no, I'd fucking do that. <laughs> that was bullshit. I did a little bit as a kid too, but like, I just must have been less drunk than you. Maybe. And I've never met a man whose bladder is so small. <laughs> It's just like, it's like it's just we just go around the corner of the shops. I'm gonna go to the toilet far out. I actually remember on that trip we were heading down for Origin. We were in like a highest van sort of thing and had you know beers and whatever. And we were coming across like Penalties Road, and I was like, mate, we need to stop. We need to hang and piss. And I was the first one out and the last one back in. I don't know, how, like probably a couple of liters came out easily. <laughs> well, we um we there was what 13 or 14 of us, and there was. It's about a two-hour trip from where we got on to the stadium. We had three piss stops because the boys are just soaking beers like they're water. <laughs> yeah. And my Lord, I've never seen so many little white willies poking into the breeze. <laughs> and um, But that yeah, was a good trip. Um, I'm not, I can't remember old matey's name, but it was blue. I just remember hammered, absolutely hammered. And um, just uh, and this is coming from someone with Crohn's, so I do know a thing or two about like bladder and issues and stuff. Mm. But like, I just I was blown away. It's like, it's like, oh, the the, the winds change direction. I got to pee again. Oh, for fuck's sake! Literally. Oh well, all good. Right, boss man. It comes to that time. 
every single episode, Connective Tissue. As you know, we get people on, have a good old whinge, wine, sook, carrying like an absolute degenerate, as we did back in the day. So I asked you, boss man, you want to have a bit of Mitchy? Let's go for it. Right, eh? So uh, what, what's grinding your gears this week? What's on your mind? Uh, well, I have been listening to the episodes and, you know, a lot of the time it's traffic related and for me it is exactly the same. <laughs> right, eh? So I've kind of, kind of got maybe a two-part. So people that tailgate you, drives me up the wall. Like I generally just slow down just to piss them off a little bit more. Show them a bit of brake light. <laughs> exactly right. But um, probably something that grinds me just a little bit more. When when it's like raining or there's just, you know, fog or poor visibility or, if it's, you know, early in the morning or getting towards sort of dusk, people that don't have their lights on, I just think it's very ignorant and it really, dr- like, grinds my gears. Really bitches my Mitchie. <laughs> it really bitches my Mitchie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, you're, you're right, though. Like, I used to this is I used to work in incident response for, like, accidents and stuff. And uh, the amount of times that we'd have adverse conditions like that, you know, I didn't see him. He, he hit me. I didn't... He come out of nowhere. It's like, well, people that aren't proactive enough to, you know, essentially give a shit, not only for themselves, like, you, you burn... You just, like, you benefit from it as well for your own safety, but for the safety of others. But I find that people that um, just... When they're behind the wheel of a car, they're just selfish. We just now just went up and had lunch at the pub and went up to the shops to get a, like a drink or something. And we saw this guy couldn't do a reverse angled 45 degree park for about a good two minutes. And uh, it's going on dash cam. And uh, so we'll submit that to YouTube. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but like, it just all you hear is, this guy's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, probably suffer a bit from uh, road rage as we all do. But yeah. My dash cam's probably copped a lot of uh, swear words over the past oh, few it's, years. Oh, it's cool when you go on YouTube and you type in, like, you know, for the week, you know, Australia's worst drivers or whatever for the week, and you see something go wrong, and all you hear is, oh, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a dickhead. Dash cam straight, it's the best. I, like, I go there just for, like, a little wind down. Just have a giggle every time I watch it. <laughs> okay, my bitch of the week is people that have unrealistic double standards. So, a gentleman I know, um, he's a bit of a prankster, a bit of a jokester, you know, he, um, he's always alive for the party. I don't actually know him that well, he's more of an acquaintance. Anyways, so we're in a, it was a social gathering uh, a few weeks ago, and he came on and he said, you know, the male, the female vagina can fit five or six people in it, you know, and it's the second biggest scene next Tuesday in the world, you know what the biggest is? He just grabbed me on the shoulder, he said, it's you, champion. So like, oh yeah, cool, call me a, a scene next Tuesday, cool, good on you, mate. So... <laughs> Everyone laughed and stuff. I think, okay, cool, this guy can take a joke or whatever. So you fast forward an extra week. We're at the pub having drinks uh, for an occasion. And um, I sat down and, hey, going, like, being cheeky. And he looked like he was texting. He was in a bit of, like, a like in the moment with something. And I called him a showbag, you know, because he's full of shit and being cheeky. And he had the gall turns. You fucking, you got stuck into me, like, fucking rah, rah. I thought you were a good bloke. You're a dickhead. And then he threatened to punch my head in. I'm like, oh, fuck, like... Make sure you stretch first, champion. But like, it just it, it pisses it pissed me off. Also at the same time, I don't like I don't like conflict at all. Like I, this guy, he's uh, a nice dude, and it's just like, well, if you're gonna throw shade to the wind and publicly embarrass someone by calling me a well, a cunt, is this, like you said, the biggest cunt in the world to you? I'm like, okay, cool, no worries. Um, and I give because you know me, I'm a joke, so I don't care. And um, but then. To not be able to like reciprocate it, 
mm. to not be able to take to give but not take um, that's just one example of many so people out there that you know can actually tell like give jokes and embarrass other people but when it comes to them they can't take it and like you know I, I still feel bad because I, I don't want to you know I hate conflict and I don't want things to be weird between me and this guy but like for fuck's sake if you can't take it then don't give it yeah it's it kind of seems like more of a you know a teenager sort of thing like as in dish being able to dish out jokes but not be able to take them I didn't think it would sort of carry on you know for older people as well but obviously yeah. it does well like if he's going through something like okay cool like if that was the case and it, I just happened to be a little bit of icing on the cake that I just went fucking snap cherry right are you big headed fuck bag and oh, here we go <laughs> but like I don't know like as, as I've said like if I'm an advocate for mental health and I'm an advocate for like as in Jack Hammer's episode as well in uh, episode 18 I think it was just speak up like you're allowed to talk it's okay like men especially the stigma down here in Australia it's like you know it's weak to speak bullshit you know you work in the mental or you work in the health industry Alex you know what it's like it's not it's not weak to speak like people out there would rather see you go through your toughest days than not see you at all people mm. want to help you like there are services out there that are free nationally and internationally and it fucking it, uh, it's got me going on a tangent but I'm passionate about this it's like if people like it, it needs to become normalised if people like are upset and it frustrates the fuck out of them and it gets me going like it does now sorry but like I'm getting goosebumps doing this but for fuck's sake people have the, have the strength stand up you're not alone platforms like this are exactly where people go and it makes you feel better to get shit off your chest. So my bitch of the week, my bitch of the week is not to be weak. I'm Mitch Kelly. Mic drop. Oh, please don't <laughs> drop it. Please don't drop it. <laughs> it's not weak to speak. Yeah. So yeah, that was, don't be weak to speak. That's my bitch of the week. And that's episode 28. And <laughs> <laughs> Nah, so, um, you know, Alex's and my friendship has stemmed over two decades. Um, more so in the adult years, of course, and, you know, he's, uh, Tracy, his mum, uh, was my godmother, and we'd see her, uh, every time we'd go to the, to the boss ranch, or, that's what we used to call it, going out there, out really? to the boss ranch, yeah, or if they'd come to see us at dad's house. On the odd occasion in Goulburn? Yeah, oh, Goulburn, cold place that, man, <laughs> Oof. But then again, it's probably no colder than orange. Yeah, it snows, you know, it's still pretty cold. Goulburn is an absolute shithole, there's a reason they built the jail there, but like, um, yeah, I just I just remember the the, the infectious laugh, and she's always mm. she's always so nice to my brother and I, and then um, step siblings as well, and they come into the picture as well. And your dad was always like, you know, just a laid back dude, loved his beers, and you know, just a just a, a, a lad like my dad, just likes a good time. Yeah. Um, so shout outs to uh, Paul and his current partner Suze, and uh, to Hannah and Carly, all the bosses, you know, hashtag boss mode with about a thousand s's behind it yeah, it was probably a lot of the bosses that you'll probably meet at my um at the engagement parties pretty much invited everyone so if everyone can make it you'll meet how, like how many bosses there actually are oh, <clears throat> so that'd be good your dad's one of what five four uh, six six so I've, I've met your grandparents i think i've met your uncle a few of your uncles once or twice at your 21st yeah yeah just on the odd occasion probably but um yeah, we, we haven't had sort of too many weddings, I guess, for a while, so yeah, it'd be good to catch up. You know, yeah. COVID's kind of ruined a few things too, but... COVID you know, shit. The way it goes. 
That's it. Oh, well, thanks for coming on today, man. You showed strength, true character, and as always, you put up my sorry ass. So, uh, yeah, with that, um, we might wrap things up there. That's episode 28 or 29 of Life's Mitch. I hope you enjoyed the listen, and I'll uh, catch you on the next one. And as always, give us a shout-out or give us a rating on uh, Apple Play and give us a few spins on Spotify. Check out the socials. They're in the bio, and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye for now. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mitty. It's good to be on here, finally. Yeah, a little while, but you know, got there. Well, we, you know, I get like I, I get the the whole nervous thing, man. Like, and a bit of bonus content, and we're back. So, like, <laughs> it, you know, it, I remember speaking to yourself and Sarah. I was like, well, do you guys want to come on? Like, I'd love to have you on and share your story about how you met. Um, and you know, didn't want to say to Sarah, but like, you know, story about when you proposed to her, she had a shit. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna absolutely roast you. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, but <laughs> what do you do? But um. Yeah, so I get the um, why it would be stressful and that. I get that. But yeah, but like, you asked us like straight up and how I thought of it, for some reason, um, I thought it was sort of like, you know, like a video sort of thing, like an interview like that. And I was just like, oh, that sounds a bit full on. But it's only audio, so, you know, it's not that bad. Well, I wouldn't, honestly, if I captured this head for that long on video, my computer wouldn't have enough memory to save it. It's a big head. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do it. But all the Zoom calls I do are videoed, and there's little snippets here, and I'm going to start dropping on the socials. I've just learned how to, like, add little bits here and there. So, um, yes, and this week I went number one on the Leisure Lifestyle uh, podcast group for Apple. It's really picking up for you, which is, you know, good to see because... You've been saying for a while, you know, you, you like coal mining or whatever, but you're more of a creative sort of uh, spirit. So getting into something, you know, as you talk to the clairvoyant and all that sort of stuff, it seems like you're really enjoying this podcast or podcasting sort of uh, avenue. So, yeah, pretty proud of you, mate. It's, it's, oh, uh, stop come it. come a long way. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you old mushy, mushy, fuck off. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> Nah, it's nice of you to say that, man. I, I am enjoying it. It's um, it's just it's a, it's even as a good excuse just to catch up with friends. To be honest, um, we um, yeah, like I I've been able to talk to people from around the world and and to to know that there's actually people out there that are listening to uh, this, this the conversations I'm having. I couldn't be more humbled. More like it's such a privilege to to be out there. And you know, I've had a thousand listeners now. Like um, so th- three thousand starts and there's apparently there's a thousand regular listeners now so it's like holy shitballs and going on the scrubs podcast absolutely launched it mm. so i hope to keep going from strength to strength and uh thinking about the next big thing and i think what i'm going to do is start the hashtag mitchy wants a wife and to start an audio <laughs> process to try and find myself a lady well yeah you never know announcement making here today i um want to go on the search to meet someone who doesn't have to be from Australia, it can be worldwide. And I'm um, going to try something different because I've done the online dating for a while. Yeah. And like, it, don't get me wrong, like, it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a good tool to have, but for me, it just hasn't worked. Um, and I want to, I, I go on a bit like dating and stuff, but I want to meet the one. It's at the point now where I'm to, I'm ready to absolutely meet the nice girl for me. Um, and she's either going to be one of two people. She's either going to be the most patient person in the world who's an absolute saint or she's going to be an absolute larrikin like me mm, one or, of the two probably or if she's a maybe a mix or if she's a patient saint then oh holy shit I'll get down on one knee right there and then <laughs> but um and uh hopefully before the shit happens <laughs> well I think while like um international travel sort of been put on hold 
thanks COVID, you, you bastard. Yeah, um, yeah. It's probably a pretty smart way to sort of go about it at the moment. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, someone comes on and tickles your... Tickles my pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of something to put, to put with it, but yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And uh, just from that, Tickle my listenership is... I've just gone down to number 78,000. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, spread the word. I'm looking for a lady. So we'll see what happens. Uh, right, for now, that's episode 28 or 29. Uh, I probably should show some professionalism and learn exa- exactly what it is. But uh, for now, that's that's all she wrote, sports fans, and thanks for coming on again, boss. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye for now again. Hi there. Back again. So just as I was sort of wrapping things up and stuff, and I got out of the chair, Alex just whips out this big old bag, and it's got like a... So what's going on here? Ah, just open it and you'll find out. So there's a present. Okay. Uh, I literally haven't opened this yet, so it's a black box. It's got Mitch written on it. Which one? Thank you very much. We always love a good old Mitch box. What have we got here? What's the, what's oh, this? Look up. Look up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how cool. So Straight into the box. Oh, wow. So it's um, it's, it, on the inside of the box it says, Will you be my groomsman? This is cool. So I'm getting the Sarah tree. It's got some cool tinsel in it with a scotch glass. It says Mitch Groomsman, Sarah and Alex. How are you? I'll be a groomsman. Oh, it says Mitty on it. Will you be my groomsman? And there's a, a can of Mount Franklin lime and some clinks. Oh, very nice. Love me some good cufflinks. Oh, they're cool. Yeah, wow. They're, they're really nice. They look kind of like a, a silver design. It's Thor Hammer. Oh, it is too. Oh, I look, I turn it up. Oh, I am worthy. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm worthy. <laughs> Personalised so, to you, mate. It's a Thor's Hammer cufflinks um wow i'm blown away man thank you very much that's all right dude um and i got some i didn't miss anything did i and oh we've got what's this hendrix gin so you want me to okay this this sneaky son of a bitch <laughs> that's it has also hidden a little hendrix gin in there with some lime with my cool little bit so yes yes i'll be your groomsman thanks mate and right Excellent. now you have one with me boy <laughs> That's that's why I've I put a mixer in there. I'm like, oh, you can have a drink literally as you get it. So it just made me a little Hendrix gin, and you're going to have the other half of this too because right. we're celebrating. So <laughs> so I got a gin and lime, and uh, yeah, if you want to go grab yourself a glass out of the top right hand cupboard. Wow, um, what a cool little package. And that's uh, <laughs> that's something I'm used to people saying to me too. What a cool little package. <laughs> Wow, no. I'm, I'm really blown away by this, boss man. That was really kind of you. Right, so a bit of this, oh, bit of this. Yeah, the rest of it. Don't I know you don't like gin as much as me, so a little top up for you. Oof, I don't know how strong that is, but cheers in the new midi glass to the uh, Sarah and Alex Swenning 22-10-22. Oh, that's the stuff that's dreams of right there. <laughs> well, thank you for my lovely present. Um, right, yes, I'll be a groomsman. Hashtag Mitchy, and uh, that I I promise you this is the final time I say goodbye <laughs> of episode twenty eight to twenty yeah. thirty thousandth whatever it is. So go lucky. So goes. So thanks you guys for listening, and if you hung in there this long, I appreciate it. You're absolute champions, and um, I'm about to go enjoy this sneaky gin. Until next time. <laughs>